Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, my amazing mompreneurs. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. I am so excited because I have my new friend, Michelle, here with us. And Michelle and I actually met through another Michelle that we know, (laughs) Michelle Bender, who's been on the podcast and who is actually helping us both write our books. So I am sure we are going to be talking about that more. But Michelle is just such a light. And when we talked with each other last we were both amazed by the energy that we both shared and and the things that we were both doing in our lives and doing it all, being a mom as well. It was just so cool to find somebody to connect with. And that's when I knew right away she had to come on the podcast and share her amazing background with us and what she's doing now. So if you don't already know, Michelle Rios is a sought after motivational speaker, personal development coach, and writer. In her more than 25 years in communication, As a leader and corporate executive, she's coached individuals and CEOs alike to optimize their performance and live their best lives. Her latest role is as the host of the Live Your Extraordinary Life podcast, where she brings her audience captivating personal stories, transformative life lessons, and juicy conversations on living life to the fullest in order to inspire her listeners to create lives they love on their terms, which we all know here, that is what I am all about. Michelle believes that life is meant to be joyful, but far too often we settle for less. So when not public speaking, coaching, or podcasting, Michelle is out cultivating joy and living her best life, either traveling with family and friends to experience new places around the world or simply enjoying time at home with her husband and 15-year-old son and two great Pyrenees. Pyrenees is? Yeah, you did it right. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, But Michelle and I were just talking about just the mom and entrepreneur side of life and how we always have a lot going on. Her son is going to do soccer tryouts today and we're all going to send some good vibes. And and then also there's this business stuff. And so, Michelle, I'm so excited to have you here and to get to have all of these conversations with you and, and really talk about how you have lived your extraordinary life and any ideas that you have for our listeners on how they can live theirs too. Well, first of all, I am so excited to be here. Megan, you are just doing so many wonderful things. And I knew about you before we even met. Um, There was this rumor mill of this mompreneur that I had to meet. So I was stalking you online going, oh my gosh, I really do need to meet her. And then fortuitously, Michelle Bender calls me and says, you really need to connect with Megan. And I was like, the mompreneur? I've been looking to do that. So I was so excited to be able to sit down and have a real deep conversation with you about all things mom, business, entrepreneur life, all that good stuff. So thank you for having me. I'm so, so excited. So let's dive into this whole concept of living your extraordinary life, because I know that you have had a journey, as we all do, to get here. And then in doing so, now you're sharing this story with everybody. So why don't you bring us up to speed on what has happened that has made you go out there and be a speaker and share this story, but also create a whole podcast and movement and world and brand around it? Can you kind of fill in those dots for us? I would be happy to. And, you know, like many things in life, people become uh, what they are not experiencing out of necessity. And that's exactly what had been happening to me in the beginning of my 
journey. I wasn't living my most extraordinary life. I was succeeding. I was incredibly um, successful on many fronts. I had grown up with this really strong work ethic and determination. And I'm first born in a family. I grew up in a very rural part of Maine. And the idea was I would blaze a trail for my siblings and all of those things that kind of come with being, I think, firstborn or only children. You really want to succeed. You really want to help you know, make your parents proud, all that sort of thing. Set me on this trajectory of just nonstop achievement very, very early on in, in life. And that became a, a wonderful tool for opening doors and creating platforms for me. However, it also became my mechanism for self-validation. And so I became very addicted to achievement. So I got straight A's. I went on to a very um, notable liberal arts college and I was you know, graduating Phi Beta Kappa and Magna Cum Laude and double majoring and traveling all over the world. And I got out of that. I was recruited into a, a consulting job outside of Washington, DC during a recession, which nobody was getting jobs when I was graduating. And I got one three months before graduation. And so all these great things were happening, but it was really based on deep work ethic, um, a super determined drive to succeed. And, you know, really importantly, and I would ask your listeners to think about this as we have this conversation, a story that was something that was planted in my head very early on as a child. So I always say, What's your story? Think about the story that you replay in your mind over and over again. Because for me, despite the fact that I was born into really kind of adverse circumstances, my parents were teenagers. Um, they got married just a couple of months before I came into the world. Uh, we didn't have any money. There were all of these things. They, they never got to go to college um, at that stage. So I was kind of the first to do a lot of these things. But the gift they gave me was my story, which was yeah, you didn't have the easiest of starts, but you are going to be successful. Failure is not an option. And it was really interesting because then I just accepted it as, well, that's my story. I'm going to be very successful. And so as I was going about achieving things and I was winning scholarships and I was getting ready for graduate school and I had multiple opportunities, I went to graduate school on an ambassadorial scholarship to Europe. I then uh, came back and I went to Georgetown University on a full scholarship um, to do both um, school of foreign service, Latin American studies and business and programs that hadn't really been done before a lot of firsts. And I was working full time as a communications director. And I was, you know, 25, 26 at the time. So I was doing all these things, achieving all these things, becoming all these things. Um, but I didn't I didn't have any qualm about it because I just had it in my head. My story was I'm going to be successful. I am successful. Look at me. I've gotten these great grades. I've achieved, you know, a first in my family on many levels. I was the first to go to college, first to go to graduate school. I was doing really well. Um, but what I hadn't really taken into consideration was pacing or the fact that, you know, what really made me happy. I just was on a determined path of growth, do things that hadn't been done before. I had it in my head that I was going to study international relations and have a PhD and write books and this very academic mindset. I was in Washington, DC, which is very, it's very global. And I got waitlisted. This is the first time anybody ever said no to me. And I 
was really insistent. Like, are you sure? And they were like, <laughs> yeah. And in fact, we don't think you're a good fit for getting a PhD. Like you, you exude so much personality. Like you sure you really want to do this? And it was the first time I started to get an inkling of, I actually don't know who I am. And I remember they were like, we just think there are things that just seem more aligned to you. And so it's interesting. Instead, I got a phone call from Georgetown saying, we'd love to talk to you. Come in and talk to us. Mm -hmm. And I, it just sort of opened my eyes that I had been going like with this mindset of what I thought success was, not really based on a lot of knowledge or information. I didn't have a lot of people guiding me. I was just going to go, go, go. And it, it stopped me on a number of fronts. And what happened was over time, I wasn't really checking in with myself and I was exhausted. I was burned out. I was running from class to my job, to home, to study again, barely sleeping, getting back to class, barely eating. And so I kept cutting corners to make time for class and work. And it just took a toll. And one day, you know, after months of seeing myself sort of slip, I wasn't like my super self. I just didn't seem to really have that excitement for life. Um, I was starting to get depressed and I didn't realize that, you know, the days and the weeks and the months that had gone by, it had really taken a toll. So one day I really physically had a hard time getting out of bed. And when I did, I was looking outside the 10th story window of my apartment thinking, if I jumped, that might be more of a relief than what I'm going through right now, which that moment it, it went through my head that I had such a zest for life. And I had that thought, I knew like, whoa, 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 what's, this is wrong on so many levels. And, but it, it, it really stopped me. I ended up spending a day riding a bus instead of going to work or going to class and trying to like grapple with the fact that I had worn myself down. I was so depleted and I wasn't asking myself critical questions. The bigger problem is I, you know, I, I, I got on this bus, it's called the 30 buses that run through uh, Georgetown. They go down, if you're familiar with Washington, D.C., they go right down Wisconsin Avenue. They go down M Street around Pennsylvania Avenue by the White House and they do this loop. I'd been on the bus for hours before the bus driver was like, you're planning to get off. And I'm trying to hide as I contemplate my life and the fact that I had just had this really horrendous thought get through my head earlier in the day going, I have to rethink things because I hadn't taken into consideration, like what makes me happy? Mm -hmm. Who am I? I was my achievements up until that moment. And the more I achieved, the more I felt validated in who I was and that the hard work would pay off. But I had so much hard work and so much grit and so much perseverance, not married with, I had this giant void. I was starting to feel like, Life feels meaningless, despite the fact that all these great things going on. And it was in that moment of literally sitting on a bus, sobbing my eyes out, trying to be invisible, that I just said, I surrender. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And in that moment, Megan, it's like a light went on. The bus stops right at this place. I probably have walked down the street a thousand times and never seen it before because I didn't eat it before. And the sign said community mental health center. 
And I remember going, well, I guess that's where I'm going because I'm clearly having an issue today. Like we need to talk. And I ended up going and talking and remembering meeting a woman who came up to help me and saying, it's probably not going to be helpful, but I should probably talk to someone. It's been a really rough day. And she's like, oh boy, one of these overachiever types. And I remember thinking, oh, you're never going to understand me. Like, you know, you're doing something you're passionate about. I'm in the corporate world. So my mind was not really thinking clearly. And lo and behold, the universe has a really funny way of stopping you in your tracks. Not only did that sign appear out of nowhere, but this woman had been a former executive at AOL who had basically at my current age decided to do something different in life and became um, a licensed clinical social worker and therapist. Mm -hmm. And so she was perfect for me because she had had this long career and could understand sort of this climb I was in. And she forced me to ask myself some really critical questions because, and this, you know, I think as we think about this conversation on an ongoing basis, really important to ask ourselves, what brings you joy? I never asked myself that. And I didn't come from a background where that was really a, a, a consideration mix. You know, I, I grew up in a, a family that was struggling just to get by. So success was a conversation we had. Um, earning a living was a conversation we had. Um, putting money away was a, a conversation we had. But happiness or joy, those were sort of like things that happened after you put in all the hard work and that they would come in time. And what I learned in that moment was delaying happiness is actually the antithesis of success. And it really stopped me in my tracks because I had really delayed happiness. I had had moments of happiness, like I enjoyed dinner with my girlfriends and I went to a movie, and, but it wasn't sustained. I was succeeding at things that didn't have a lot of meaning for me, but in my mind, they were ways of evaluating my progress in life from where I started. Mm -hmm. But they weren't because I had associated particular value to them from a personal level. And I had separated my academic and professional life from my personal development, which is a critical no-no, <laughs> like lessons learned. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, gosh, there's so so many golden nuggets in in this part of the story so far. And just what I'm hearing is something that I know a lot of us listening to can relate to, which is that, hi, I'm Megan. I'm a uh, recovering perfectionist, overachiever, high achiever type A person. And I'm trying to not be so much that because just like you said, it's like achievement overload. I love how you said, what's your story? And just how much that concept right there was weaved into everything that you said, because you use that story to then focus on all the achievements and that pressure to make everybody proud. It was partially mm -hmm. innate from being the firstborn and, and in your circumstances and everything around it. I know I relate to that too. It's like, you look for that external validation as that marker, as well as the achievements are that validation for you instead of the inside, the trust. The I had, yeah, I had no connection with my internal life at that point. Mm -hmm. That and was the beginning. That was the beginning for me. Yeah. Well, and I love that you like left these breadcrumbs of 
starting to see the other side. I think it's interesting that there's really this conversation of like manifesting versus pushing through and achieving to get there. Like, isn't it so interesting when you were able to reflect back and let go, like you said, you surrendered and what you needed was presented in front of you. And I wonder how many times the easier path would have been presented to you instead of the achieving, 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 pushing through, which is something I relate to so much. Have you thought back on that now? Oh, and you hear the many, many, many years? times for many years, because, you know, it's been 26 years since that moment in my life. So I think about these and these sort of like mo monumental times. It's really shaped everything for me because I actually had many easy moments presented to me that I discounted and discredited is not valid because it seemed too easy because my my along with the wonderful story of i am successful that my parents planted in my mind came a tremendous baggage of work is hard life is hard i had a poverty mindset so even when i was earning i never felt like it was enough and failure is not an option really in those early years squeaked the creativity right out of me because there was no room for you know making mistakes and so it really limits you so yeah i was really successful by worldly standards but i was probably one of the loneliest and i was sad i was deeply sad because i was disconnected from my core all of the things that I had done to achieve in that first quadrant of my life, if you will, the first 25, 26 years of go, 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 um, did open a tremendous amount of doors, gave me a, a lot of credibility yeah. and set me up for success, but also limited my ability to enjoy my life. Mm -hmm. And so that moment in time became a very big turning point for me to begin delving into personal development, which had been forgotten or neglected is probably a better word because I don't know that it was ever on the table. And I had to readdress how I thought about success and to re-examine how I looked at how achievement could occur because I wasn't surrendering to, I don't want to achieve things. And I wasn't surrendering to, I no longer want to be successful. Let's be clear. Like that was hardcore in my DNA, but I was certainly surrendering to the fact that I did not know if there was another way that my way was clearly not working yeah. and it was insufficient. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love what you're saying here too, about like how you define success and how you have redefined it. And, you know, here we're all about redefining everything, but especially being productive and and what you said, success and happiness and all of those things. So I'm guessing that was part of that pivotal moment is that you moved from realizing that the way you were doing life now is not sustainable nor joy-filled for you. And then also seeing the possibility of, oh, things can be different. So I'm curious to know, like, how do you define success and being productive now? Because you're in a very different part of your life. You're a mom to a teenager. You're running your own business. You're working at, in an amazing role and you're writing a book and you're doing all of these things. You're all of these different facets, but you're still you. And so I'm curious, is that definition from when you made that pivotal moment different? 
Is it the same? It's you know, really, really not what it was before, right? Yeah. When I think about success now, for me, it's a very simple definition. Am I showing up as my most authentic self? Because in those days, I didn't know who I was. So I couldn't even answer the question of, am I showing up as my most authentic self? Because I didn't really know what I liked. I didn't know what brought me joy. I wasn't quite certain what my gifts were. I was all over the map. I was all things for all people. And yeah, I had a propensity to be a public speaker. I had a you know inclination that I was a good writer. I, I sort of knew communications was there, but I realized I hadn't really come to terms. I had separated what I identified as my academic and professional external life from my internal world. And that created a lot of fracture in, in my way of thinking and my way of showing up. And, it, you know, I, my friends would be like, oh, you're so fun on the weekends, you know, like you're so different here. And and so for me, what I've really come to, to understand is when you can show up as your most authentic self, because you know yourself well, and you know what brings you joy, and you know what your gifts are, and you show up like that in all instances so that you don't have to be different things to different people. You are consistently who you are. Oh my, like the world just opens up to you and you just feel so much peace. So I walk through the world differently than I did then because I bring myself to the table. I don't hold my personal thoughts, self, opinions, feelings somewhere else. It's all of me or none of me. You know, and while I've, you know, I learned to use filters like everyone else in the right places in the right times, I know that I'm showing up as me. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very clear on who I am, what I want, what do I enjoy? And it's really important to spend time. I hadn't spent any time really in those days being alone because being alone in those days, I equated with loneliness. And so I was out cultivating relationships all the time because the idea of being alone seemed frightening and I didn't know who I was. Now, completely different. I love having downtime by myself and having quiet time with my thoughts because I trust myself. I didn't know myself to trust myself back then. I looked outside of myself for validation in every step. And so I want to be a leader in my field. I want to make an impression that makes people feel like their time with me was time well spent because I made their day life impression better. Then I'm going to have to change because I was looking at the world through the lens of how can I achieve for me, because I'm this kid from nowhere that needs to go build something, improve myself to the world, to how can I achieve and create an impact? Because it's not about what I can get in this life, but it's what I can give in this life. And so I went from how can I get the most out of every experience? That was really then the first half of my, my life to how can I give as much as I can of myself to this experience? Because I know again, like what my gifts are and I can lean into them. Yeah. And so it's just a, a complete switch. And so nothing I did was in vain. It definitely took its toll because even when you're marrying passion and what you love and joy, I'm better at pacing myself than I was. And I recognize that some of my biggest breakthroughs are not when I push through. But when I pull back 
and I get quiet. I never allowed that before. I would push through and push through and push through even when I was exhausted and I was no longer retaining information, which is sort of like a lost cause. But I was like a dog with a bone, right? That's all I knew. Now I realize some of the best ideas come when I get quiet. Quite frankly, I don't need time. I need space to be expansive. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I love how you talked about self-trust and space. Those are two other huge things that that we talk about here and, and that we try to hold for women as well, because I don't think it is the typical conversation. I think it's the space that we're moving into, but it's not often said. And so hearing your definition of success, I think is a beautiful prompt for those listening as well. How do you define success? How do you want to redefine productive? That's something that we're definitely working on in our book. And I thought it was interesting too, how there is this internal and this self-trust and when you can be authentically you and actually hear your voice and, and understand that, that's where the magic happens. But I do think it's interesting too, how those outside forces helped give you insight that then showed you what was already inside. I think we often forget or don't even know or realize that those blueprints and those answers are all within us. And so we outsource our power for a long time until that moment hits where you're like, oh, <laughs> the map was right here. Uh, Oops. I gave away the power for a long, long time because I didn't trust my gut or my instinct. And I spent a lot of time in my head and I would rationalize my way to uh, decisions that later turned out to not be the right ones. And so then I would take the, you know, the universe always works itself out. You just take the circuitous route, you know, you take the long a ride home rather than the quick elevator up. Um, I've gotten smarter over time, right? The more you flex that intuitive knowing and you use it, even when it feels counterintuitive, like when you're like, ooh, what's coming up for me doesn't seem logical. The more you do it anyway and follow that, the better you get at using it. Sort of like the spidey sense, right? Like you have to flex it. But you're absolutely right. When we use it as a guide for understanding who we are, what we want, how we want to operate, nobody knows us better than ourselves. So when we're looking for, hey, mom, what do you think I'm good at? Hey, you know, sister, you know, Sansa, can you tell me like, what, how would you describe me? You know, we all do that. We've all done that. But the reality is you already know. You already know. So if you sat quietly with a pen and a piece of paper, like the olden days, or your computer, and just said, I'm not going to judge what comes up, but I'm going to answer these questions myself, as if I was third person about myself objectively, you would then look back and go, oh, wow, I really do know so much more than I thought I did. But we don't, we, we discredit it. We say, oh, no, that can be right. I'll read another book. I'll take one more course. Who hasn't done that? And yeah, I really encourage people, like, you know, the most important thing you can do is spend as much time as we do out there in the world, spend some time inward getting really quiet because the only way you get to know yourself and really tune into your intuition is when you are focused inward. Yeah. It does not come from a book. It does not come from a course. And it does not come in talking to somebody else. It might awaken, you might become awakened by what somebody else says, but then you need to go spend the time doing, you know, doing that reflection. 
Yeah, it's so beautiful, Michelle. And so as we wrap things up here and move into rapid fire questions, I want to talk about your whole podcast, which is Living Your Extraordinary Life. But I want to make this transition, this pivot from we heard how your story started and how you unlocked achievement and then you redefined success and productive and and what this new life meant to you. And then you went on to do all these other big things on your terms and be a mom and, and be a wife and just be multiple versions of yourself. So tell us, what does your extraordinary life look like right now? And and then we can move into how you've created a whole podcast to help other women do the same. You know, it's funny. Um, I have a lot more space than you would think for somebody as busy as I am. And the way that comes about is I'm really honest with people. My son has a game tonight. So I'm going to be off the grid for these few hours because that takes precedent for me. Um, my husband's not feeling well. So I'm actually going to take a few hours to be with him and make sure that he's getting what he needs because he's always last on my list, sadly, besides the kid and the dogs and all the stuff. It, it looks like you would imagine somebody who has to communicate often and openly. I say what I need. I'm really good about saying, I'm tired. I really would love to go out with all the friends tonight and celebrate whatever we're celebrating, but I actually am exhausted. So I'm going to take a rain check. You guys have a great time. I need rest. I'm much better at honoring my needs. So I get up early because I like the quiet time and I go to bed early. I'm usually in bed by 10 o'clock. I love it. I love that living your extraordinary life for you. And again, everybody could think through what does an extraordinary life look for you internally, but for you, it's like actually living your life. <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful- And I, by my terms, yeah. That and people I care about. Yeah, that and communication. I think it's two beautiful things. And so for everybody who's listening, who's like, Michelle, I love you. I want to learn more. Can you share with them about living your extraordinary life, the podcast and other ways that you might be able to support them if they're like, I want help living my extraordinary life too? Absolutely. So a couple of different things. This uh, the podcast. It's available wherever you listen to your podcast. So Apple, Google it, um, Spotify. It's Live Your Extraordinary Life with Michelle Rios. Um, come and see me on Instagram. I post very regularly. So I'm Michelle Rios number one. Um, at, at on Instagram. And then you can come if you need more help. If you want to talk more about how we can help you optimize your life, come visit me on my website at Michelle Rios Official. So that's Michelle, two L's and E R I O S official.com. Awesome. And everything will be linked in the show notes below. So you can click through really easy, make life easy for us moms. If you are ready, let's hop into the rapid fire questions. Excellent. Let's do it. Yay. Okay. So first and foremost, tell us what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive as a mompreneur? Sleep. <laughs> yes. Reach. <laughs> then tell us what is the number one essential support you have that you can't live without? Oh, Mm, probably my girlfriends, oh, I love that. really close girlfriends, and I really rely on them. And as we get older, um, we find the time to get together, even though we're all busy and doing lots of things with all our kids all over the place. Mm -hmm. mm, I love that. I've got a call with some of my girlfriends tonight, and I'm very much looking forward to it. So I, I feel that one. Tell me, what's your go-to self-care activity when you have a little bit of me time? How do you like to spend it? Ooh, I love Netflix. So I will tell you, um, as somebody who 
just, I, I mean, I can suspend disbelief very quickly so I can get pulled into a good series. And I would love to spend like just a leisurely afternoon on a cold winter Saturday uh, under a blanket watching Netflix. Me too. I am what I like to call a Stevie TV. And so I am obsessed with TV <laughs> Watch it all of the time. Um, and yeah, the whole like closed loop, open loop setups that they do with shows now is terrible um, for me because I'm just, I'm hooked. I'm going to watch the whole thing. I, I, I just watch them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's actually kind of thrown off my number one strategy of sleep because then I binge watch and I'm like, I can't get until I watch all 16 episodes. Exactly. Yeah, the, the, I have to finish them. Yeah, so I was watching um, Surface. It's on Apple TV. They've got the open loop, closed loop, or closed loop, open loop thing. At two days, in two days, I finished an entire series. It's not good for my sleep either. <laughs> I'm waiting the new Ted Lasso to come out, but I actually just got totally pulled into this Netflix series called um, The Extraordinary Attorney Wu, which you will surprised. It's trending on Netflix, but it's, in Korean. I never thought I would be sitting here watching a Korean series, but it's fascinating. It's so well done, so well written, the acting, the character development. So you have to read the subtitles, but it's my whole family is addicted. I love it. I do that anyways. Once when the kids were little, I put on subtitles so that I wouldn't like disturb them while they were sleeping. <clears throat> now I can't watch TV without them because I miss things unless I'm reading it. So that would work perfectly for me. <laughs> All right, last but not least, Michelle, tell me your most stereotypical mompreneur story. Think about something that is only us mompreneurs would understand, like your kids running through a Zoom call with underwear on their heads that we can all laugh at and be like, yep, we've been there, we get that. Oh, well then it definitely involves a Zoom call, but it's probably with my son on the other side making gestures that it's dinner time. Uh -huh. <laughs> my dogs under my feet, pushing me to come feed them while I'm still doing an interview and smiling through it and pretending that all is well. <laughs> oh my gosh, I couldn't relate more. Hopefully, because we're using the new studio equipment, but we're not in the studio yet. Hopefully you can't hear my kids as much, but yeah, they're like screaming in the background and you're like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, nothing's happening. Well, it sounds like somebody is uh, breaking a bone outside, so. <laughs> yeah, I've been known to, in between my questions, put myself on mute because the dogs are barking and <laughs> my son's going, mom. Oh my gosh. Yes. I've done that before too. There's also something that a couple of women have told me about and I have tried using it, but I don't know how to do it with the podcast gear. It's called crisp with a K crisp.ai. Have you heard of it? No, but I'm going to write it down. It's a free app. You put it on your um, computer and it takes out all of the background noise. The one friend's head, she had her dog sitting next to her barking and she looked and was like, can you guys hear that? Nobody could hear it. It was amazing. Wow. Last episode I did, I used it and it was great. So a little plug for I, everybody out there. That's no notification, but <laughs> gonna say is are you an affiliate? You no, should I should I should sign up. Really reach out to them. <laughs> Put that on my to-do list. <laughs> um, Michelle, well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about how you've lived your extraordinary life and how you can help us do it as well. It's been such a beautiful conversation talking with you, and I'm really appreciative of you sharing with our community. Oh, I'm so happy to be here and it has been my pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. You have no idea how much your listenership means to me. If you loved what you heard, would you mind leaving us a review? It'll help get these episodes into more mompreneurs earbuds and into our community. Ready to get your next season or project done? Then you need to check out the studio. It offers a creative, collaborative, and Instagrammable space for mompreneurs to batch their podcast and beyond. 
head to themompreneurguide.com slash studio to learn how to cut your marketing time from three months to three days so you can spread your message and mission on autopilot while enjoying the work and people you love most. See you next time.